Hello, welcome back. Episode 65. They are coming thick and fast, these episodes at the moment. <laughs> it won't last forever, but anyway, um, thank you for joining me again and um, appreciate um, the enthusiasm that the podcasts, the recent ones, have been received with um, and that you are listening all over the world with love. So thank you. Keep listening. Um, I promise it's going to keep going. Um, we're going to have a couple more and Christmas is going to be there and then we'll be into 2020. But anyway, this is episode 65. So howdy. Thank you for joining me again. Now this week, um, this is a lovely chat with I had with an actor um, who I worked with um, on um, Harry Hancock's Query project. Um, Alex Myrick, um, whose name I get wrong first off, the pronunciation of her surname. Um, I'd had it wrong all along. We just, you often don't ask somebody pronunciation of the surname um, and it never came up. Anyway, it's Myrick. I said Merrick. Anyway, it's Welsh. She'll tell you all about that. Um, uh, I'll let, as I say, I'll let Alex introduce herself. She's the first gay woman I've had on the pod. So, um, and what a pleasure it was. She's full of life and has an amazing energy um, and um, and is just generally an all-round lovely person to talk to. So um, I hope you enjoy listening as much as I enjoy chatting. Um, there is a little bit of background noise because we met in a, in a Café Rouge in central London um, one morning uh, before we were off to work. And um, so you may hear some clinking and clankings, but hopefully uh, I managed to reduce some of the sounds. Um, and I know sometimes people really appreciate it. Sometimes people don't enjoy it when there's extra sound, but sometimes people like the ambiance that is with cafe sounds. So uh, I hope you enjoy this one with. Um, now, this is going to be going out um, a couple of days before one of my previous guests, Nadia Ginsberg. Um, her show, Anxious and Dangerous, is coming to London. So Nadia's from LA, and she's doing her first show in London. Um, it'll be Saturday. Um, Saturday the 9th at The Glory. Um, and if you're a fan and you've heard the podcast and you really liked that podcast back last year, I think it was last year, goodness me, was it the year before even? Anyway, uh, Nadia's podcast, which is one of my favourites, um, and had lots of listens. Uh, so if you are listening, you did want to come and see Nadia live. Then she will be at the Glory um, on Saturday evening. I can't remember the times, and I should have done that before. I should have been more organised. But um, I think it's sold out online, but there will be tickets on the door. I believe that's what I saw on Nadia's social media. But anyway, um, yeah, I think it will be a wonderful evening. So that's about to happen, and also... It will have happened by the time this pod is out, I think. Anyway, um, in my time, back in time, <laughs> it's confusing. Uh, I would have just seen the brand new heavies, which will be tomorrow night for me now. But anyway, I'm so excited about that. And I'm sure I will rant about that at you um, on the next pod. So uh, fun things ahead. And also, um, yeah, I've been working and I've been doing some TFL work. Um and yeah, I still can't tell you about that TV thing I did, but anyway, um, hopefully soon I'll be able to let you know about that. Anyway, um, but yes, um, I'm really sort of heads 
down in panto script now because um, that's happening uh, not too far away. We start on the 25th. And I just discovered that Southwestern trains, Southwest trains in London, in the UK, are about to strike for 27 days during December and Christmas, which means my trips home on days off are going to be a lot more difficult to get back. So I'm not sure what I'm doing. And I'm going to have to get in cabs home on Christmas Eve and stuff. Um, so that was my, the thing that really pissed me off today. Um, anyway, I'm not, no, we're not here to complain. I'm just getting out of my system. But um, good things to talk about. So yes, um, I'm loving, and I haven't mentioned it yet, I'm loving Drag Race UK. And if you haven't started watching that, I can't imagine many people who listen haven't, because I know lots of people who do listen are also fans. Um, It's great. I love all the contestants. Um, And it seems like RuPaul and Michelle are having a really good time and really enjoying themselves a lot more. It seems a lot more than they do when they're in the US. Um, The atmosphere is different. Um, The whole thing is just... uh, it's just, it's a very different atmosphere. I mean, it's not going to detract from the US one because it feels like that's in some ways a bit of a different show. Um, but this one just feels, I, I don't know, it feels very uplifting and really cheery. Um, anyway, I love all of them. I don't really have a favourite, really have a favourite. I love Davina. But anyway, because I love them all. So go and watch. Um, my recommendation, really, it's just a quick one this week, is um, if you haven't checked it, and because it is posthumous, is they have released, George Michael's estate have released a single, which is going to be um, part of the the film called Last Christmas that's coming out um, very, very soon, I expect. And it's all based around, a lot of it's based around George Michael's music and wham music. Um, but there's a new song um, and it's called This Is How We Get High. And I think it's, I really rate it. I think it's up there with some of George's best pop tunes. It's, it's, it's very pop. It's not a ballad. Um, but the lyrics are, as quite often is with George Michael, the lyrics are quite um, uh, quite downbeat against a pop pop beat. If that makes any sense. Anyway, I would say my recommendation this week is go and discover that. Oh, there is one old album I did want to mention very, very briefly um, by a band called Uncle Jazz. Not Uncle, Uncle. So an O on the front. Uncle Jazz. And they're a bit like Zero Seven. Um, and um, their album's great. Um, and there's a track that I've been playing on my um headphones for many many months called Norton Commander so I'd say go and have a look at their album but the main track that I would jump in with is called Norton Commander um anyway oh yes Alex did also ask me to mention she talks about um a friend and colleague um and she refers to as Tabby but is actually Tabs and not Tabby and she did want that to be pointed out so I said I'd do that um, and Tabs's uh, Insta uh, which she also asked me to put in is um, Tabs LDN which I suppose is short for London Tabs LDN on Insta anyway uh, I'm plugging people I don't know but anyway I'm, 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 I'm very happy to do that for you Tabs 
Anyway, it's time to jump in and chat to lovely Alex. Uh, people always want to be offended these days anyway, so... Um, let's check her on. Yes, we're going. Leave it there. And if your coffee makes noises, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, and Alex, Alexandre. Uh, Alex Andra, because it's my That's your professional name. My professional name. Okay, but I'll call you Alex yeah. throughout. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's weird, yeah. But we are here with Alexandra Merrick. Uh, Myrick, it's a Welsh Myrick. name. Oh! Yeah. Much, so the, yes, okay. So when you see it on the show page, mm-hmm. it's spelled... As M-E-Y, I said, yeah. yeah, but Myrick. It's pronounced Myrick, yeah. So Welsh, so is that your origin? My ancestry your is ancestry. Welsh, yes. My father is Welsh and my whole um, paternal side is from South Wales. Because your accent, because in the show we've just been working yeah. on, your accent is... Is Welsh. It's hot. Yeah. Oh, thank you. And, and, and I, okay, that, so, so your yeah. dad's Welsh. My dad's Welsh, but he has a standard accent. But my grandparents moved out of Wales in like the early 70s. So their Welsh is like, it sounds like upper class Welsh, even though they're not really, um, because it's really, really slight. So it's like very. So which bit, which bit of Wales? Um, they're from Brecon. Okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Cardiff. Uh-huh. Um, and they're all through, the, like all the villages and the valleys all through there. Right. And they met and then they got married in um, all the valleys. So, and apparently we have a family plot. Which I didn't know until my grandmother passed oh, away. Oh, well. Um, and I was like, why aren't we? She was cremated. And then I asked my dad, why aren't we taking her to like scatter ashes yeah, somewhere yeah. or burying her? Um, and my dad said, oh, we have to wait for my grandpa because they have a family pop in Wales, which none of us knew about until the undertaker got in touch. And apparently it's a lovely place at the top of um, a hill somewhere in Brecon. Amazing. Yeah, I've got that to look forward some, to. Something to aim for. <laughs> something to aim for, yeah. <laughs> Before we get there. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> long way up, long, long way up. Um, so, where, where are you born and bred? I was born and bred in Dorset. Dorset. Oh, okay. Um, which bit? North Dorset. Um, so. Went to school in a place called Shaftesbury, which has Gold Hill. The, yes, the most picturesque hill in yes. the world. Which that's so funny. I'm going to tell you why that's funny, because I am planning in January to go and have uh, a weekend there with my husband because <gasps> it was in time out yes, a place to go and I, I was like school. that looks beautiful so it's I'm going right. to go there <laughs> I'm you biased because I grew up there so it's very normal to me but it's, it's if I've taken people from London like my friends from London who've mm. ever been and they just think it's completely breathtaking oh, yeah. and the coastal down there as well as Jurassic Coast we have yes, yes, yeah. so it is a gorgeous place to grow up it's very very rural no phone signal no cities, oh, no motorways. Like really, okay. really old-fashioned. Most places on a Wednesday still close. They have a half day on a Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still market days. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very, very farm-based community. So if you go down in January, there won't be a lot going on because the farms kind of there's not a lot to do over the winter. All <laughs> we want to do is walk up and down hills and go to a pub and. That well, then you've got that. Yeah. Grass and pubs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, funny! I've never met anyone who's come from there, and suddenly I've discovered this new place in the world. Anyway, (laughs) we're nattering on about Mm -hmm. stuff. So, if you're anywhere in the world, have a look on a map uh, on Google Maps, and you'll see it's in the west part of our country. So, just so you know, if you care, you do. Anyway, so we met working on Query Query with Mr. Harry Hancock, who was a guest. On my podcast, three podcasts, four podcasts ago. Yeah. 
So, how do you know Harry? How did you come to to, to be in that world? Oh, it's a very convoluted story as it always is. Um, So, I did, I was selected in my last year at Italia Conti, which Which I'll I'll get onto, um, to do uh, the Wanamaker Festival at the Globe. So, I represented Italia Conti in the 2018, yeah, 2018 Uh Wanamaker Festival. And I went and uh, Anna, who was also at Query, was also at Wanamaker. And um, they said in a meeting, you go for that the whole weekend and you do workshops. And they said at the beginning of this weekend, oh, you're going to make friends here for life. It's a really weird experience because you think you come in and you're just going to perform and go away. But it's really... And they said to us, because it's the Globe, there's something about it with actors and creatives. For some reason, we always find that people really connect. And I was sat there going, oh, yeah, all right, let's just get on the stage, let's do it. So what do you actually... what, what, What... I mean, what was so the Wanna Maker so Festival, it's just this, it, it, uh, it's started by Sam Wanamaker yeah. um, and it's to get young and graduating performers to have an experience of performing at the Globe. Oh, okay, I didn't realise that even existed. Well, wow. yeah, okay. so then it culminates. So, usually, uh, drama schools either you, they, the drama schools always select the um, performers. Um, but we had to audition at Conti within the school right, and then they chose be... chose two people to, and then they give you a scene. So then it all culminates in this performance on the Sunday. So we go there from Friday afternoon and we spend Friday all day Saturday, not just rehearsing, but doing workshops and Shakespearean activity. <laughs> um, and then it culminates in this massive performance, which was, um, I'm getting goosebumps because it was just unreal because I thought that it wasn't going to be like it was, but everybody goes from drama school, it's like, it's like legendary you always get a ticket and because it's the globe it's packed it's just packed to the rafters there's thousands of people and there's a video I'll send it to you there's a video of us they say they pull back the doors to walk out and I've never heard noise like it just coming Uh from everyone it was just phenomenal Uh and then basically everyone it's almost like a review but you will do individual scenes um, and as as per tradition dictates we do a Shakespearean dance at the end we do a jig and we open with a song and and the song was a sonnet written to music, and it was just gorgeous. Right. Anyway, I digress. No, 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 I wouldn't know that. It was just unbelievable. Wow. And okay. me and a actor, a very lovely actor called Hannah Morrison, did a scene from Henry V Part Two, yes, and it was entirely in French. <laughs> wow. So it's a comedy scene because the princess wants to learn English, and I played her handmaid, and her handmaid thinks she speaks perfect English, but the English is really bad. Um, and yeah, so it's oh even if you don't speak French, you get the gist. So yeah, yeah, yeah. she's like pronouncing everything wrong, and the princess and the, or the queen just thinks it's just phenomenal that she yeah. can speak English. Um, and I got to uh, we <laughs> we managed to kind of wedge it in that what the handmaid my character was saying was actually um, basically I got to say cunt at the globe <laughs> I mean that in itself and we didn't tell the people of the globe that we were doing that um, until we did the first rehearsal and I shouted it across the globe and we thought oh my god we're going to get chucked out they're not going to let us perform but they just thought it was all the staff just thought it was the funniest thing which was I mean, just oh. you know the word's been there a long time oh, wow. I love so. it yeah it's a Conti staple, is that word? Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, um, I did that. It was great. It was fun. And me and Hannah were lucky enough to be um, a spotlight and everyone and equity all go along. And we, we got a tweet from Spotlight. We were the, we were the scene that got the tweet, which Brilliant. was really lovely. Yes. Um, but, yeah, so I met 
Anna doing that and then my friend put on a play um, um, my friend who's also an actor called Amy Kitts she put on a play called DMC at Tristan Bates and she cast someone from Arts Ed that um, so Arts Ed was where Anna and Harry yeah. went Harry and Query and um, I went to go and tech and help her and they were all in the audience watching this girl from Arts Ed and I was at the bar afterwards and this group of people shouted Henry the Fifth Girl at me because they knew me from Wanamaker oh, and um, one of those people was Harry and then we got talking and Anna wasn't there at the time um, and he was like oh you might know a girl called Anna and me and Anna had been firm friends since Wanamaker right. and it turns out that Harry's like Anna's best friend as well so then uh, we went on a night out and freaked Anna out because we sent her lots of videos of us together and Anna was like how the hell has this happened but as with this community everybody crosses paths it's such a small world and you end up meeting people or talking to people who know everyone in the industry so that's the joy of it I suppose and then people who are performers as well as people who are people performers actors who are, who are also LGBTQ yeah that makes it kind of sometimes a little bit smaller again absolutely and then, absolutely because yeah. the pool is a lot smaller yeah. famously yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so no so it's all um, all highly convoluted Amazing. yeah Thank you. Okay, no you answered that one well and thoroughly. Yes, sorry, um, I do like to chat. So do you know, you are my first gay lady. I have Honored. had trans women, I have had straight women, um, I've had American women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not that they're American, a, the famous another. A in the LGBTQIA. <laughs> that's, yes, that's what it stands for. I've always got it wrong. Um, American. But yes, I'll tell you about that lady who's coming to play at the Glory in London. But anyway, I'll Glory. tell you all about that later. We're getting our plugs um, in. Yes, yes, yes. Anyway, um, but it's not the polite way. Can you tell me your... Oh, this is my own note. It was like, yeah. I've got to ask a late. So tell us how old you are, when you were born, what year? I was born in 1994. <laughs> um, so, which makes me... Uh, well, it makes me 24 for the next four weeks and 25 in about a month's time. Um, uh, however, I have been told that I... I mean, people meet me and they think they... I mean, I look very young, which I don't like. I look. Oh, no, 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 no. You keep it while it's... Keep enjoying it while you can. Um, but um, when people talk to me, yeah. they think I'm a lot older. I have a very, I have a much older soul. I um, yeah. I, I feel older than I than I perhaps am. Yeah, your gravitas, um, your general demeanour is. is yeah. But I think that's a good thing if you can look super young mm-hmm. and have a level of maturity way above and beyond your own actual age. Nothing to complain about. No, true. So, <laughs> no, so yes. um, okay, so let's go back. Where you born and bred, we know that. Um, so school. School. Did you enjoy school? School. Oh, okay, that's good. Okay. I loved school, and I'm still friends with lots of my teachers. I talk to them oh, really wow. regularly, um, and they're always pleased to see me when I go back home. And I do try to, if I'm in Shaftesbury, I try to pop in and see everyone, and they're always really happy to see me. Um, yeah, I had a wonderful group of friends. I, I mean, I was growing up, and you were a teenager, so it can't all be uh, rainbows. And, no, no, of course. But um, but no, overall, I really, really love school. I was lucky enough to go to a wonderful school. Um, Academic. Yeah, I, I, I was and I am. I, yeah, I love academia and um, yeah, it was really good. And I was head girl, so I can't complain. Oh, oh, okay. I mean, I'm typical head girl material. It's okay. fine. And then one of my friends from Conti was head boy um, at his school, not at my school, but at his oh, I was school. Say that no, would that would have been really mad mental. Small. 
however. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we had like a back to school freshers night. And I thought it would be funny to wear my head girl badge. And then my best friend thought it would be funny to wear his head boy badge completely independently of each other. Uh, and then we turned up at the same time and all the staff were like, of course you two are head boy and head girl. It wouldn't be any other. And of course you two still have your badges and you're going to wear them. So that's my, um, I've done a lot of wonderful things, but yeah, I was head girl at school. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's brilliant. Because, uh, the amount of people who've been like, yes. school is traumatic and horrible and horrendous and... It's a good story, a happy story. Yes, a very happy story. Um, so at what age did you realise that you were gay? This is a multi-layer question because I think I realised a lot younger. I think I realised when I was really pretty young, maybe like seven or eight, maybe right. even younger than that, that perhaps I just... And it wasn't more of like, well, it's women I like. It was more of the fact that... I felt more of a connection to, uh, to men um, as like more friendships. I really got on with boys, typical kind of lesbian, even though I'm very femme, I really, I really got on with lads. I was always, right. and whenever, even in like, when I was really young at school, I would have no problem trans, like transitioning between my group of girlfriends and my group of friends who are boys, and like, I was always just... And people used to be so confused because I could laugh and joke with one of the lads and then go over and be as girly as you like. And I think from a really young age, I realised that I didn't really want anything romantically to do with boys. I just really liked having them as mates. Um, But I found women fascinating. And one of my main things is just women that command power or respect. I just found it incredibly attractive. And then... um, I suppressed it, <laughs> as we oh, all do. You? Right, yeah. yeah okay. I, because I, I don't know, when I was younger there wasn't, I mean, growing up in rural Dorset, there isn't um, a lot of community, and no, in no. the 90s, late 90s, early noughties, there still wasn't, I mean, you, you had a lot of gay men, but there wasn't, and I mean, there still isn't. <laughs> you got, uh, you know, you got Perkins, you got Toxvig, <laughs> you yeah, got right. Balding, the Holy Trinity, <laughs> but... You don't really have, especially like butch women representation, who there wasn't a lot around. So I knew that it was a thing that happened. I don't know why I knew it was a a thing. It just was, because it was never an issue in my family. Um, But I didn't think it was me because I didn't see a lot of it around. And I didn't have time to explore that. Because there was there was nothing in Dorset. There's no right. pubs or there's no bars. There's and plus, if, if school is such a major feature yeah. in your head, you're just kind of like, I'm getting yeah. through this. And I remember kind of getting to maybe 13 or 14, so well into my teens, when everyone was starting to pair off at school and being in relationships. And I, I remember really wanting to be in a relationship with someone, like all my friends were. But there was no one that I wanted to be in that with because all I could think about was being in it with a boy. And I was like, this is not... And even when I'd get with boys or start seeing someone, I'd just hate it. I'd feel physically sick. So I knew something wasn't right because I was just like, I objectively, this boy is attractive and he's really nice to me and he likes me, thinks I'm attractive too. But then as soon as someone starts saying, oh, do you want to go to cinema? Do you want to meet my family? I'm like, run a mile the other way. Um, And I was like, okay. And then... I remember telling myself, okay, just get through school, do really well in your studies, get to uni, and once you're away from family and in a new place with new people, then you can explore, perhaps, the gay side of yourself. And then um, I watched a really... So there was... I'm sure if you have a lot of, like, um, lesbian listeners, they'll know the series. Uh, It's called Lip Service, and it was on BBC Three. Uh Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And... uh, 
I also do stand up, um, and part of my stand up. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that either. Oh, okay, 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 okay. And a whole part of my set is that all of my friends who were at school, there were five of us in our group, <laughs> and we were all straight in inverted commas at school, and all but one have come out. Um, and we no all maintained adamantly that we were straight, and we won. <laughs> so, so I've got one... Was it, was it ever just... Oh, no. no, just never... So I've got two gays, yeah. two boy gays, yeah. me and the lesbian, yeah. and one of my friends has recently come out as non-binary, pansexual, um, and living their best life um, in Bristol. Um, and then we've got one girl left who I'm still really close with, um, and she is straight, um, but she's the only one in the For group. Now. For now. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, yeah, um, we all started watching it. We all started watching Lip Service, which was, yeah, and we all maintained it. It's because the uh, story and the characters are just so good. Right, right. Um, and I just remember being obsessed with it. I remember thinking that I wasn't allowed, I had a telly in my room, but I remember thinking I can't watch it on my telly. So I used to wait, and it was on BBC iPlayer, was brand new. Right. Which makes me feel really old, even though I'm not. And um, I had an iPod Touch, so I used uh-huh. to I used to lie in bed and watch lip service on the iPod because right. I thought it was really naughty and really bad. And then that's probably when I realised that no, I'm a full blown lesbian. Um, this is great. I want this lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, it's glamour- yeah. It was set in Glasgow. All these glamorous yeah. women running around Glasgow, having kind of going to a lesbian bar after work. I was like, yeah, this is I it. This is what that. I want. Um, yeah. See- there is see the L word for me. Yeah, I love the L Made me want to be a gay woman because they had such a lovely life. Oh my god, their lives. Their houses. Oh, their houses are great. They all. They went the, to that cafe. The cafe, which oh. was like also a nightclub. Yeah, we, you know, it turns into a nightclub anything. after dark, but also kind of like a health food. Yes, health, health food, food smoothie and place. Guarantee all your friends will be there before work in the morning. Oh yeah, no, yeah, because everyone's <laughs> got time for that. To travel into a city because yeah. you know LA's tiny. Oh, it's, oh, it's really small, minuscule. So, yeah. Love that. Did, so did did you did you appreciate that for its yeah L word was as well. oh so camp L word was um, me and my partner actually started watching it not that long ago because we were kind of like we saw it and we were like well we better add eh because you know it's yeah, one of yeah, these yeah, things yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but a lip service is definitely my L word and I have it on DVD and I look back at it and it's very of its time. Um, it's, it really, really gives off the impression that every single woman in Glasgow is bi or lesbian, um, which you know, utopia. But um, it, it's, but it's, yeah, just you know. Um, but I hold it very close in my heart. It was a really, and when everybody asks that question, when did you realise it's probably when I watched lip service and I was like, yeah, everything about this is yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to have to divert from it because so, uh-huh. so so stand up. Yes. That's you're crazy. Thank you. Um, because <laughs> to do stand up, you have to be so fearless. I mean, I wouldn't call myself fearless. I just love. I have, and people in this industry have a passion. Like some people, I know people who are obsessed with Shakespeare. I know people who just love. I have one friend who just loves fringe theatre. Any type of fringe theatre, he'll be there. Um, and all of these like different parts of it that they're obsessed with and. I was brought up with comedy and it's how we deal with everything in our family. You could joke about the worst things possible, but if you can make it funny, you can say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was brought up watching stand-up. I was sat down in front of TV at a really quite worrying age um, to watch things, I mean, stuff like Hello, Hello, but also watching Phoenix Nights at a really young age. 
and it's just, and my mum would send me so that I found out about Gimme 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 through my mum. And that was a, again a very worrying young age. And now I mean, I am, I'm obsessed. And nobody knows. And nobody my age has any clue what Gimme 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 is. And I'm like, oh, what? I mean, <laughs> it, it's just. And it is the writing. I mean, it's John Harvey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the writing on it is just phenomenal. But like Father Ted, all of that, everything. Sat down in front of it, told to watch brilliant, it. Brilliant. And so it's it was my upbringing. And anyone who has met me, I hope it comes across in this podcast. Just I, I, if, if, I cannot go a day without finding something hysterically. Well, funny. I was going to say just from the workshop weekends, there you, you've got a, you've got a really lovely, warm personality, but you're also very funny and naturally I'm always drawn to other funny people because yeah. I kind of veer towards comedy in what I do in yes. my life yes so yeah. I, I think that like mm. meets like and yeah, I totally understand but, but I'm happy with someone saying here well be funny with these words okay. whereas if someone says three four so then all of my friends used to tell me I'm at my absolute funniest when I am so angry when I am so done because it just comes out because I just and there is nothing I love more than being so pissed off and ranting and making people hysterical and I do it at work um, when we have difficult patients and also when someone's been rude to me or when another member of staff or a manager has spoken down to me or been rude I just start and it just leaves people in hysterics and it's not, it makes me feel better it's quite self-indulgent I'm sure it's quite selfish but it, it just giving people some pressure so, as well yeah. and, like, and I oh. love being given a script I love being given the words and saying okay be funny with this we did one man two governors when I was at Conti and it was great um, but I so basically I've always wanted to do it and then it got to dissertation time at Conti and you have to you have to do a practical dissertation so you have to write a piece of theatre direct it cast it produce it and we have dissertation week my day no can't get away with it do Do some Greeks do do Do, your Shakespeare's do do your final shows and off you go Um, wow so our dissertation and um someone had done it a wonderful funny lovely girl who was a few years older than me at Conti called Kate Dolan did stand up for a dissertation but it had kind of passed um, certainly our year by because she'd done it when we were in foundation and I had to go to work so I hadn't seen it and everyone used to say to me oh did you see Kate Dolan's dissertation and it had been simmering in me ever since I got on the degree course and I was like ah. Oh. I don't want to write a play. I don't want to direct people because I'm one of those. I'd be an awful director because I'd be like, um, I'm just gonna give you some line readings. Just do it as yeah, I yeah, say because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't. I can't. You're I'm not con- funny enough. Yeah, I'd be like, a, you're not funny enough, and b, I'm too much of a control freak to let this happen. Yeah. Um. So I just said I want to do stand up, and um, Conti were really, they really wanted me to write something and make it into more of a performance because I think from their end they wanted me to do it but from their end it's a really difficult thing to mark I mean theatre is yeah, generally difficult yeah. to mark anyway because it's subjective but um, and obviously I wouldn't have a cast <laughs> they're like you need to cast someone I'm like it's me yeah. I'm doing everything yeah. but also dissertation is not just for your degree it's so you've got something to take out into the world so you're not kind of left empty handed at the end of your degree and I was like but this is what I want to do so I'm um, Tamsin, the lovely lady at Conti who runs it, was like, okay, but you need to make it... She was like, yes, it needs an arc, though. And I was like, that's fine, because there's a huge trend at the moment in stand-up, certainly, 
for you to go in and it's to be it has a lovely beginning a lovely middle a lovely end that wraps it all up or it explores an aspect of your personality or an aspect of your life rather than just being the, the trend is slightly falling out at the moment with observational comedy mm-hmm. um, which I think is great I, I love going and learning a bit more about the person that you know and yeah it's just great so I was like okay that's fine I can do that so I went away and she was like oh you've got to do you've only got to do 15-20 minutes and I was like okay and it's a long time for the first time I'd ever done stand-up. That's a long time. Yeah. Anyway, it turns out I did it. <laughs> and Tamsin was like, that was 35 minutes. My performance is 35 minutes. And I've got the recording of it. Because I couldn't stop once I started. I loved it. And people have like, been like, how did you do that? And I said, I couldn't think of anything worse than sitting in an audience and watching someone do my play. But I'd do that again in a heartbeat. Oh, my God. And, I mean... It was biased because it was all my peers watching it. Sure. So it's going to be a warmer audience and going into it like. Well, yeah, it could comedy. go either yeah, way. Yeah, it could go either way. <laughs> but then it also could have gone either way with. It could have it could have sunk and they could have given me pity laughs, but. I mean, without sounding like an asshole. Real, yeah. And people came out to me afterwards and they were like, that was actually really funny and we thought it was going to be really funny. And I did it all in my pajamas and I had a PowerPoint, so I had visual aids with a laser pointer. Um, and it was called Why You Like This. <laughs> and it was just about my life and what had led me to this point because at Conti I was quite guarded I had my Conti life and I had my personal life and I had my work life and they're three different bubbles and apart from my very close friends at Conti now the three should mix Um, and I don't know I've always been like that it was not through design it was just like I like to finish Conti at 6.30 and go home and have my and like that's what to say I didn't socialise I did a lot and I loved everyone that I went to Conti with but um and we were all like that in our year, actually, right. so it worked out really well. We all had kind of other stuff going on. Which is quite healthy. Yeah, definitely, when you're in an environment like that. And so I thought, oh, well, I'll go out with a bang. I'll give everybody, I'll tell everybody about my mental family. I'll tell everybody about how hilarious it is to grow up in what is essentially the set of Hot Fuzz. Um, I'll tell everybody what it's like to grow up gay and be in a group of friends who all know each other are gay but none of us will say it out loud and so I did it and it was great and so um, yeah I'm still writing bits I want to get this year's been weird the year out of drama school so I want to it's early days. Yeah, early, early, early days. Um, so, yeah, I want to get back out there. So, yeah, that's So, we can look forward to seeing you in oh, a comedy hopefully. venue near... Comedy venue near you. Us. Well, yeah. nationwide, maybe nationwide, worldwide. Maybe worldwide. Who's to say? Down the line. Who's to say? Hannah Gadsby, can I throw oh, that one? Yes, okay. good. Yeah, good, love Hannah Gadsby. Good. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, May Martin. Yes. Phenomenal. Yes. Susie Ruffle, seen her a lot of times. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know to look on. I don't know, can't buy one. Yeah. All these people, Google. All, yeah, if you Google don't know. all of these people. May Martin's um, a um, Canadian comedian. She's really funny. Yeah. Is she Canadian? Oh, she is Canadian, yeah. and she's hilarious. Yeah. She's funny. Um, but I went to. Um, I took my. We in second year um, at Conti, you take a performance to Edinburgh Fringe. So we did Ed Fringe. Yeah. It's very <laughs> different to my day, and even different to friends. I had. I have a group of friends who were at Conti a long time ago. Yeah. This was not their experience at all so completely transformed um 
and amazing you got to go to the to yeah yes. and my partner's family came all the way up to Edinburgh to see us and it was just lovely we did the Laramie project actually which I was fiercely passionate about yeah, it's a brilliant yeah brilliant piece um, um, Matthew Shepherd and we got to speak to the Matthew, she- Matthew Shepherd Foundation we Skyped them and we Skyped Matthew's best friend wow and we spoke to him about Matthew we didn't ask really we asked about like the days following the attack and everything that happened in um, the town um, but we just spoke to him what that about what Matthew was like um, and it was just lovely and wow. although I wasn't the only queer person in the cast there was also my friend Remus who you met at Query oh yes yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and just I've, I've been profoundly affected by that whole experience of doing that play and I think I was trying to um, it's not for a second to say that my past didn't understand but going in that as an LGBTQ plus person was a completely different experience and everyone was so sensitive to it yeah. and they would listen to me when I said no 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 this is this is a thing and just like being in a room and being able to tell them when I have had homophobic experiences I mean nothing on the scale of that of course but um, no ever again but it was just it was a phenomenal piece of theatre and I, we've, I, we were very lucky our director was incredible um, and um, we won an award in Edinburgh Wow. Um, and we would get audiences just sobbing in it which oh, yeah. is good because good you're feeling what it's supposed to feel I mean um, the speech at the end that his dad does in court um, pardoning him for the death sentence yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and my partner saw it obviously it's my partner so she can see it a lot she saw it eight times in total because wow. we toured it and we did it at the bunker as well as a oh, preview and she was just in yeah. it was just, and I was just in floods every time I had that speech and we did and um, we had like songs all through it we did Bob Dylan songs and, right. I mean if I could do that performance again I'd do it in a heartbeat um, yeah. but we went out to see that so they came to see it I digress it's all very no, LGBTQ no, 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 no. Though my life weird, very much that's is. weird. That. Um, I have to just say, I saw the original company do Laramie in Edinburgh way, way back, back when. Way. So I can't think of the name of the company. Um, Tectonic Theatre. Yes. yes. So that was. This is like early doors. Oh, oh, um, I played yeah. the. I played Reggie the cop who yeah, found. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who found him. Yeah. Um, and you know we did it so much we did so many performances there's a funny story about that with the tour as well that I am um, not desensitised to it by the way you should if you haven't seen it oh god just go and discover it there's a film isn't there there's and, a film that was um, done but also if you just buy the book it also has the first half is the original play which is a verbatim play that, where they um, interviewed everyone in the town um, kind of just after the attack had happened and in the weeks following and the court case and everything that happened but also in the back of the script that we had we had the years after so they went back to Laramie and the um, perpetrators get interviewed in prison by um, Tectonic and it is um, yeah I'm still affected by it it's it's just phenomenal it's phenomenal and it is so it sounds like it wouldn't be but the way that they just honours Matt, it honours Matthew everything that they do, and the way that they do it, and the, it just it honours him in the fact that it's sensitive enough that you can watch it and really feel something. Yeah. But it also gets down and dirty to what actually happened, oh, yeah. and which I think is honourable because you don't want to whitewash over. No, absolutely not. What the hell went on that night? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was a really interesting play, I mean, and I just loved it. Amazing for you to have had that 
as oh. kind of one of the first pieces for you to take you out into the world oh, of absolutely. real performance. Absolutely. I mean, Something that matters. Oh, absolutely. And we did it, so we toured it, and we always go down. Conti have connections to um, this, like, it's always like, it is a commune. There's a group of people who live down there, um, all together, um, and they... It's a very like it's going back to the old fashioned idea of a proper community and everybody runs community centres and we and we have this connection. I don't know where it's come from in Conti, but whenever we do fringe productions we always take it down to Lewis to perform. And we ended up in this pub and I was leading the tour, I was organising it, and um, I got talking to the landlord of this pub, who I mean being a gay person I was immediately like, Okay, you're gonna connect with this, it's Laramie, you're you're obviously gay. And um, I got talking to him, and it was the weekend after, well, before uh, London Pride 2017, which, as we know from our first query meeting, I love Pride. Um, (laughs) And um, I said, oh, I'm really excited for Pride. And he was like, oh, I haven't been in years. And I said, oh, it's a real big thing in my house with me and my partner. And we have um, <laughs> we have Pride Eve, so the night before we'll get ready, get everything out, and we'll watch Pride the film. And I said we'll watch Pride the film because it's my favourite film, and we're only allowed to watch it twice a year because right. otherwise it will lose the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he said, oh, it's really funny that you say that. I was part of LGSM. He was a mem- He lived in South Wales and he heard of the group when they were in the village and he got in his car and he travelled down to the village and he met with LGSM and he was an original member of LGSM and campaigned for them in Wales and travelled down to London to go to the events and go to the ball that they did when they raised, you know, um, raised all the money. Um, so you telling him the story that you and were doing, I said, Laramie? I'm watching, I'm watching like, Laramie and um, it's, it's really good because it's obviously Pride Week, it's Pride Month um, and then I just got talking. Um, do the typical gay thing when you're not presenting as gay as being like no 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 I'm gay too I'm part, yeah. I'm part of the community please love me um, yeah. and so was just talking to him about that and he just said that and I was like what? what? Wow. you guys are my heroes like just obviously connection because um, my family is Welsh as well so that film gets my partner absolutely rips the shit out of me because that, that gets me at every angle that, that film I'm like the gays uh, the minors, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. it has male voice choirs at one point. At which point, I can I go hysterical. I can't see. I have the same reaction to bagpipes. I'm not Scottish. I'm Irish heritage, but for some yeah. reason, bagpipes always really? get me the same. Yeah. Like I kind of get the, the, the male voice choir thing. Oh, the male voice choir. I can't, and it's the um, same with all of my my dad, my grandfather, everyone on my Welsh side. But it's like oh, nothing better. Oh, I'd have them. I'd have me. I'd have them sing me down the aisle if I could. But I don't think my partner would. <laughs> Why I mean, not? a female oh, God, voice yeah. choir. I'm sure there's a London... But there is just nothing better than hearing a so, male voice choir. Yes, your partner. Yeah. How long have you guys been together? Uh, we have been together almost five years. Five years in January. Congratulations. Thank you very much. And where did you meet in the world? Oh, uh, so we met online. Same way as all gays do. Yeah. Online or referral, like a job. Um, and it, that was again a very strange story I went home for Christmas um, one year the first year I'd moved to London and I was on the app while I was at home so I was home for about three weeks and I thought yeah why not I'm out of London this is boring let's go yeah, yeah. Um, so I started talking to her and she was from Somerset and I said oh this is, and after about two days I said this is really annoying she seemed lovely and we're getting on really well I'd love to go for a drink with you but I don't actually live in Dorset I'm in London most of the time and she said oh so am I 
and she said, I'm only home for Christmas too. Uh, okay, yeah. And um, it turns out that uh, she's London-based, but we live, our family homes are 45 minutes away from each other. Oh, right. And we do have mutual friends from home. Yeah. I mean, and that's different counties. Yeah. For goodness sake. Yeah. So we're neighbouring counties, 45-minute drive. Um, and I can get to her family home so we've been together ever since yeah January wow. we had our first date and then that was it never looked back never looked back she was only meant to be a fling <laughs> she's still there and she's still good, hanging good on good work lady good yeah. work um, god I've gone right off track that's so okay um, no no no, no 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 um, so yeah your first heroes um, whether they're LGBTQ or not in pop culture mm-hmm. And the- stroke theatre and mm-hmm. all the above. French and Saunders. Victoria Wood. Those are the three. The, the Holy Trinity for me. Yeah. Absolute Holy well, Trinity. Well, yeah. You see. And I mean, just, yeah. And I meet again. Was, was brought up on them. Told to watch them. My parents. I was told to watch French and Saunders. I wasn't given a choice. And ever since that, I've obsessed. And I'm particularly obsessed with the earlier, like, pilot um, series where they do the terrible live show in yes. between. And um, I watch it almost weekly. I watch, I, it's my little comfort blanket is to watch. And I mean, uh, all of Victoria Wood stuff, Victoria Wood is seen on TV. Um, all of her Christmas specials, I just think, are hilarious. Midlife yeah. crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, and um, my friend actually had to sit me down to tell me the news about Victoria Wood because I was oh, I know, so I devastated. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, anything that French and Saunders do. So French obviously, Vicar of Dibley. Sure. Um, Fab, which is, not, is again a clinical obsession. Um, I have a real, real. I have to stop myself quoting it in life oh. to the point that I got, I used to get told off by people. I still refer to some of my closest friends as sweetie. Sweetie darling. And I can't. Do you know get what COVID. I do? And people can't don't understand of it. If, if a phone goes off while we're at dinner or it buzzes, like it's on vibrate, I go, is that a bee? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I know. I, I and still I do. Um, <laughs> we, my mum at home has like uh, cake forks. Yeah. And I get them out of the drawer and I go, Donny Cutlery. Donny Cutlery. <laughs> yes. And then also the other thing, someone used to say to me when we were at Conti, we were kept being told you need to have lots of strings to your bow. And I used to sit in the back of class going, Eddie Pie hands, Eddie Pie hands. Yeah. And no one gets it. So, yeah. I mean, but some <laughs> people, some people will. But yeah, I was, again, well, old soul. Good so, yeah. to know. So they were my three heroes growing up. And, um, and, and people in, yeah. and people in, um, in music. People in music. Because mm-hmm. I always find that's interesting because comedy clearly a major player in your life yeah but, huge but um, was there anybody kind of musically um, again music's a huge part of my dad's life so I was very much brought up um, Stevie Wonder Queen um, Led Zeppelin all the classics um, what are they called the other people I, I, I'd have such an eclectic band. Yeah, I, band. I have such an eclectic music taste um, and it's all kind of varying I love Jules Holland, Ruby Turner. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. Really love jazz, and I really I boogie woogie piano. Um, yeah. My uncle is in a boogie woogie band at home. He plays saxophone, um, and we have a festival back home every year, specifically for boogie woogie. Um, and so yeah, a very eclectic music taste. But no one that I'd say. I mean, you never oh, my had particular, a particular. I never. I mean, apart from I mean, I was a child of the late nineties, early noughties, so very much like Steps and S Club. Right. Were my Spice Girls? 
I was slightly late for Spice Girls, got the tail end of it, so loved them, and I was at school with girls who would love them as well. Sure. But I literally, my first album was Bewitched. <laughs> Bewitched, Awake and Breathe, which I played, I think, until it had a hole in it. Um, that was my first ever thing, album that I got. Kylie. I grew up with Kylie. Yeah. But um, I was exposed to a lot of different music tastes and a lot of classical music I was brought up on as well. My brother is a very big fan of opera, mm-hmm. um, so he would sit me down and make me listen to opera. So we are a very, I'm from a very musical background in that you have to be open to everything. But my dad was, you know, a child of the 70s, so very into his, his rock. So encouraged to, to embrace everything. comedy. Pink Floyd, Films, music, yeah. the whole Everything. thing. That's the good. whole thing. That's a healthy way yeah, to be. Yeah, definitely. I um, was brought up well. <laughs> is there anyone now that mm. you would say kind of specifically that's in the community that you admire, whether it's whether they're performers or not, mm. politicians, mm. somebody who you kind of go, okay, I want to I do what you do. Not necessarily their job, but I want to be as, I want to make as an, much of an impression as that person. Mm, that's a really difficult question because I haven't really thought about anyone in particular. There's no one... I don't know, the people that... There is a woman who runs a um, night at the Royal Oxford Tavern called Butch Please. And she's a musician right. as well. She's called Tabby. On Instagram, I think she's Tabby LDN, Tabby London. Okay. Um, but I'd have to clarify that so you can put it on the Yeah, things. yeah, yeah, we can have that. And I just think she's phenomenal. She's reclaimed this idea of, of butchness, which is so oh, great in my heart. I mean, I love butch women. I just have such a, oh, I love them. Yeah. Um, and my partner is butch and identifies as butch. And I just, she's kind of completely reclaimed it. There was no club night. We would always go, and we even after Pride, we'd look for club nights that we could go to. Um, and it would, there would be stuff for lesbian women, and, you know, who identify as women or female identifying non-binary. And it would be really femme-based, or it would be, it wouldn't, you know, it, we've somehow from the media gone from this idea that lesbians are too Doc Martin, Skinner, Dykes, leather clad Dykes, which are incredibly valid, but not the only face in the community. The only, yes. And we've somehow gone to the other end of the spectrum in that um, lesbians are only two very skinny, long haired, blonde women, two femmes who, um, you know, it's like, I mean, it's the typical, like, hypersexualized image of lesbianism. And it, it's not like that at all. I mean, that's why it's what I said to Harry about Query. It's great because it shows so many different aspects of, of yeah. the community. And so she has started this, she started this club night called Butch Please, where anyone can go, but it's a celebration of the butch women. And she shows, um, as you go into RBT before the night really gets going, she's showing, like, iconic films, like, um, um, there's a one with Queen Latifah in, and there's like really like I think I'm a cheerleader. I think it's called uh-huh, I'm a cheerleader. Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, I'm a cheerleader. Yeah, yeah. All of that, um, and then it's just this absolute celebration of masculine leaning women. Yeah, and I think she's great, and I really I want to do something like that for the community. Yeah, yeah. And my partner just loves going because there's so many people that look like her around who are really proud, fiercely proud to be women and feminists. Not that you can't be a feminist or proud of who you are but are also really, it's like a dyke identity. And we have met so many older people. I went to see, um, we went to see a performance called Rebel Dykes at the Two Brewers uh-huh. just before Pride. Uh-huh. And it was, so Rebel Dykes is like, um, actually that is another, these are a group of people I look up to. 
Because that's the thing when you think about it, you go, oh, oh all yeah, these yeah, people, yeah, 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 yeah. And they're not necessarily people who were famous around the public eye. Yeah, no, no, they just, yeah, absolutely. Um, but the, this Greek bar, basically, there's this huge community of lesbians who moved to London in the 60s, 70s, 80s. Mm. And they slept all day so they could go out. And then at night, they would go out around Soho, generally have fun and cause a wreak havoc. Um, and it, then you've got people who like died to the bikes came from that. They all lived in these communes. They, they squatted in these massive houses. And I was just like, God. I mean, I wouldn't like to go back to a time where I literally couldn't go out in the day for fear of... I'd love to go back to a time when that solidarity between people. And it, yeah. she's a drag king called Frankie Sinatra who performed uh-huh. it. And it was all about her life. And people came up to us afterwards and said, God, you're young to be here, aren't you? And I was like... No, we want it. We don't know this. We don't, as we discuss in query, as she says, we are not educated about this. We have to educate ourselves about our history. It's not good enough, but this is where we're at at the moment. For and the time being. Yeah, and I'm fed up of having to educate my straight friends about it. It's not, it's not their fault, but why would they go out and learn about history that, you know? But it's the same with any minority. We should learn their history because that's the only way that you're going to learn that. I mean, at a basic level, that's the only way that you're going to learn how to respect them. And so. I, we went to Rebel Dykes and we made friends with all of these older lesbians and I just love an older lesbian because they have so much history and then they love us because they're just like, God, you just, we'll just walk out and we're living together well, and we're different doing different energies coming together and, yeah. um, but they all said, oh God, you're really young to be here and we're like, yeah, but we, there should be more people our age here. Yeah, it's not just, we're here yeah, we're taking an exactly. And I think, I don't know, when I was at Conti, I used to go on about being gay a lot, which I think a lot of gay people will do. Like, it's part of it. I mean, it's going to be it's a podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's a podcast. <laughs> um, but I think, um, I think it's important to go on about it mm. because it's my life, mm, and absolutely. it's it's who I it's who I am. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's it's not my whole personality. It's not my whole life. It's an aspect sure. of me. But I think it's really really important to be loud about it because otherwise, I just I don't. I don't like this idea that people think that oh we've got equality because we've come and get married now so we should just shut up about it because it just does not work like that. No. Um, and so I, I will always be loud about it until we are completely equal because I don't think there's any point in being quiet about it. Absolutely. We have a completely there's a completely different history, a completely different culture, yeah. down to like I mean in RuPaul's Drag Race there's a whole language that drag Absolutely. queens use and there's a whole yeah there's like unspoken rules in the gay community and. Do you know about Polari? Yes. I'm sure you do. But I was interested to hear two American, uh, two, two American drag queens on a podcast mm-hmm. talking about uh, British stuff, referencing British drag and things. And they didn't know anything about Polari. I mean, I what, suppose the it's not. American drag queens? Didn't, didn't really? know. Really? That and really surprised me. They had me. to have British people contact yes, them and explain. There's um, a few really good books out at the moment about Polari and um, because my partner's really, really into um, LGBT history. Yeah. Um, she's recommended a book to me called The Red and the Flag, which is about right and protest in the LGBT community. Oh, okay. A very, very, okay. I, I, a very strong recommendation for yeah, your yeah. listeners. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're really fiercely into it. But, yeah, that's really interesting that... That it's But also, we saw, did you see Fun Home at Young Vic? 
No, and I heard a lot about them. Yeah. The ring, the um, the ring of keys, the song. Right. And we were all in the audience, and it's obviously like a really steady mix. So it's obviously a lot of people that went along who are lesbian or bi, and and a lot of butch women were in the audience as well. But there was a definite divide when she started singing Ring of Keys. There was all these straight people, people that didn't quite understand that were like, oh, this is a lovely, sweet song about her realizing that women can't just be beautiful they can also be handsome and chivalrous and then she got to the ring of keys of it and the audience and the part of the audience we were in just started hysterically laughing because it is such a thing and my partner does she has a ring of keys on her belt and i serve customers where i'm like oh i don't know and then they'll open their coat and they've got their keys on their belt and i'm like well that's it because it's a huge it's a huge thing and it used to be an indicator as well yeah i used to live with a woman who she i haven't seen her for years and years Hello Ridley, hope you're still out there and if you are and you're listening by chance, get in touch with me. Um, but she used to have her own keys and yes. that was, yeah, I remember just it's going, thing, yeah, yeah, straight away. But. And my partner still does it and she doesn't know where she picked it up from. She just, I, she said to me, I just remember thinking it was a really practical, sensible thing to do. <laughs> I mean, is, it is. Actually, it but is. But that is like the epitome of a butch lesbian. It's a really sensible and practical thing <laughs> to do. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, I don't know. It's, um, yeah. But do you think, um, I, I personally, I don't know, I feel that there's not enough spaces oh, dedicated God, yeah. to yeah. women, oh to gay God. women. In, well, essentially in, one place uh, left in Soho, the She Bar, yeah. which I'm not I, knocking one, it because I go. But one bar, yeah. One bar. There used to be a place on Charing Cross Road called Bar Titania, and it was perfect. Yeah, I see. Just didn't even know about Do you remember... That? Before Charing Cross was all new and fancy like it is now, do you remember it had like this brick thing, like a little brick wall, and then there'd be shops kind of set in the street. Oh, on the other and there was, side. yeah, and there was a, um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. a bear. There was a bear's bar there. Oh, um, uh, CXR. I think so. Yeah. And then a few doors up from that, not yeah. long. It must have been when I first went to London. There was a bar that opened, and it was perfect. It was a really casual. It wasn't a club, because it wasn't like she. Uh, I mean, in the evening, you can yeah, go yeah, in the day yeah. to she, and it's a really nice place to just have a really quiet drink. But yeah. it turns into a full club in the night, and it's really small. Um, but I'm not knocking she because I love it. Yeah, I yeah. love it. Um, but Bartitania used to be this bar that you could go in, and it was a bar. It was like a cocktail bar, and half of it would turn into a club. But there was also a pool table. They opened throughout the day. It was really casual. They had quiz nights, as far as I can remember, because we found it, and literally three months later, it closed because they were closing all of that area on Charing Cross Road to make way for this shop. And they said on Facebook, we're going to reopen. It's going to be further out of London, but we will reopen. We will reopen, and unfortunately, it hasn't happened. And I can, one can only assume it's because the rents are so sky high, it's not feasible. But my partner's telling me about an interview with a guy who owns Q, mm-hmm. and he he says she doesn't make him any money, but he will keep it open. It doesn't make him any, he doesn't all the profits are so incredibly low that if it was any other business, he would have just closed it. But also, he what? respects the door policy. He won't go in because the door policy right. is women only and, and men only if they're accompanied yeah, by yeah, women. Yeah. And if he's not got female friends with him or female colleagues with him, he won't go into shame. I mean, incredible to me still doing that. Yeah. What, there, there, there need to be more of those people. And I think that's my, I think ultimately, apart from to have a lovely, happy, relatively quiet life with some nice jobs and a career in acting, if I do, and I, if I am lucky enough in my life to make some money out of like, doing whatever, wherever my life takes me, I'd love to open a space, which is throughout the day, is for 
women or non-binary people mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. anyone, but predominantly for gay women mm-hmm. um, and bi women and trans yeah, women, yeah, yeah. Um, and just to be able to to come in, have a coffee during the day, and then have a drink at night. Somewhere safe where people can go on dates. Um, Were you are you old enough to know? Um, young enough, old enough to know First Out Cafe? No. It, it's where Crossrail and everything is uh, now on Tottenham Court Road. I think I've That was kind of a place was where... It, like it was. It was. It was. I mean, it was for everybody, yeah. but it was a place that felt... It was run by... Well, maybe owned by women, mm-hmm. and it was kind of a place where women could go in the day like they used to be Soho, complete every bar in Soho for men. Yeah. And I know it's all mixing and matching a bit more, but... I mean, I used to love going to Wow Bar. I heard Wow Bar. Um, I think so. I think it probably hasn't been around since no. ten years, maybe longer than yeah. that. Yeah, I know there was but... when I first moved to London. I remember, <laughs> I remember finding out that I was going to move to London when I got into Conti, or my friend had moved to London for uni because I had a year out before I got into Foundation course, and I used to come to London a lot to visit her. And it was before I was out, and um, I googled. I googled it, I looked at women bars in Soho, and I remember there was about five or six oh, kids yeah. that came up. But then by the time I'd, a year later that I'd moved to London, there was two places. And it is frustrating. But some of the bars like Black Cat, I mean, that was a place that I would say, when I, it used to be a Monday night, mm-hmm. was a place where you'd go on a Monday night. And it would kind of, quite often be kind of 50-50, mm-hmm. men and women. And it was one of the places where everybody was in together and drag and everything. Mm. And at the end of the night, we're all on stage dancing to 80s music yeah. with poppers and all the rest, <laughs> having yeah. a marvellous time. Yeah. Um, and I remember kind of feeling that those spaces started to disappear. Yeah. And it's what I've heard a lot from older members of the community. Um, I mean, I, I feel <laughs> from the older days, not at all, but people like even five, ten, five, ten yeah, years above yeah. me, I feel, I feel like I've just missed it. And as much as I would hate to go back to not, to not having equal marriage and not, I mean, obviously we've come on leaps and bounds. I feel like I was kind of born in the wrong era. I would have kind of liked to have come of age maybe in the mid nineties, even the late eighties. The community was, I mean, because we had to be, the community was so much stronger um, because of everything that we went through yeah. as a community. I say we like it was me, but the collective we well, went through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, I think it's, it's, I have friends who are gay and are not as educated as they should be on our history, like AIDS history. I just, mm-hmm. and I ram it into anyone who will listen mm-hmm. about that because we're not talked about it in school, which completely gets me. Well, yeah. And I it's mean. It's just a big. A mission. It's, I mean, yeah, it's and, complete. It's almost like there's a gap in social history. I know. Some, I know it's changing, and schools now are talking about yes, which is great. Stonewall is now, I think, included in some parts of the world in the curriculum, but, yeah. but not enough. No. Um, and even that, sometimes talking yeah. to. I mean, there's people like yourself who mm. are self-educated, but there's a lot of young people mm. and younger than you as well mm. who, if I mention, they kind of go. They think it was the joke that's in Query about um, 
the, the drag queen from Rufus Drag Race saying oh, about people dying. Stone- Nobody died at Stonewall. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and that, and stuff like that, that people just yeah, it's make up their own mythology and no. actually listen and learn. I know. Um, Do you know that Willem, you know the drag queen Willem, yes, who's my controversially is my favourite drag queen I totally get it Ru- totally get it um, even though he was kicked off um, he rode the front of the front of the float at New York Pride um, or you know um, and with and he had a megaphone and his slogan for the whole of that day of Pride was nobody died a stone <laughs> which is brave and really really funny <laughs> and I, I, I just love it. Uh, yeah. Well, we've got we've got your favourite RuPaul's Drag Race person. There you go. How about Willem. the UK? Just very quickly, anyone who you love in the UK version. So I've only seen episode one, oh, so okay. I'm probably okay. going to say someone that's been voted out. But I loved Vivian. Yeah. And um, there was, um, you know what? I need to go home and watch. You know when you watch series one and you're um, episode one and you're like, okay, I'm getting a feel of this. And I know that in like by episode three or four, I would have solidified a favourite. So um, get back to me maybe when I've watched the second and third episode. I think we've got a bit of a cult hero growing in Goffy Kendall, Goffy Kendall, which you don't think. And then I think there is yeah. there's something bubbling there. But Goffy Kendall got voted out. Mm-hmm. Sorry if you. Oh, I'm so it, but, sorry. But, no, it's alright. It's sure. episode Most one. Most people would have. Gone it past came out two weeks ago. I judge you if you haven't yeah, seen it. It's your own fault. <laughs> um, but yes, but I think there's there's something Goffy growing Kendall. there. Yeah, I think there's this. Yeah, which you kind of go, yeah. And then but you're like, mm. the, the online chat. Yes, but I'm so. I, the one thing I was worried about, because I fell out of love a little bit with the original RuPaul's Drag Race, I haven't really watched it as much as I, I used to back in the day. And I was really worried when they, they did do the UK version that, I mean, I love, I love the UK drag scene because it's so much dirtier and filthier oh, yeah. and grosser, yeah. and the queens are not as polished. Which oh, no. it's just, it's just a cultural thing yeah. here. You're meant to be in Blackpool, having the Benson and Hedges and on an old karaoke machine, and Absolutely. you don't lip sync, you sing. And you sing. Um, and you know, and I maybe love you're that. a bit funny as well. Yeah, maybe you're a bit funny. You have to be, eh? yeah. Um, Oh, but I hope it's not diluted. I hope that it's not all because as much as I just adore the American Queens, so they just look insane. It was. I thought it was more more important to have a true reflection of the drag scene in the UK, and I think they have done it. Right. And I also I also really like that RuPaul openly admits throughout most episodes that he has no idea what anyone's no saying. No idea what they're saying. Like the fact that he in episode one when they were doing that photo shoot, he didn't know what the word gob meant, which I. Really, yeah. which gob means mouth so when yeah, they yeah. shut your gob shut your mouth um, which gob you know shy. yeah gob shy all of that and uh, what's the reference to um, your penny <laughs> and all that stuff yeah, just well, like it just has no idea which makes it even but more entertaining it's opening it up exactly, to the, exactly. to, to the gays sh- of the US and the rest of the world exactly and we've got Australia and Canada to come yes. next year so okay I'm gonna throw these at you and you just first thing that comes into your head don't think too long um, and why so first of all favourite album of all time you're on the desert island you had to take one album what's it going to be Blondie Parallel Lines ooh why I just again was told to listen to that album and I just think it's phenomenal I love Blondie favourite song by Blondie Uh, Sunday Girl 1159 oh geography references (laughs) favourite film of all time Pride course <laughs> slash rocky horror picture <laughs> nice yeah. nice nice that was that was one of mine uh-huh. um favorite word <laughs> oh no my favorite word is sheldon freuder 
lovely. Yeah. And, what, and any particular reason, just because it has a good ring I, to the tongue? A, when I say it, I sound like I'm fluent in German, which I'm absolutely not. So it makes me really satisfied because it makes me feel like I'm speaking another language. Yeah. B, I love that they have a word for finding pleasure in someone else's pain because working in a customer facing role, I am um, real experience that on a daily basis. But not for too much longer. We hope you're just going to be sailing. Exactly. Off sailing off into the theatrical not comedy theatrical sunset. sunset. Yeah, not into the sunset, into the sea that's got the sun above it. It's got a huge sun- success. Not sunset yet. No, not sunset yet. Maybe on to sailing very, very slowly and nicely onto the Graham Norton show yes. and onto a regular spot on Mock the Week. They- it's not much to it's ask. It's not much to ask, is Maybe. it? And then I just sell gently into live at the Apollo and live out my life as a second coming of Catherine. <laughs> there you go. Done. Done. And least favourite word? <laughs> oh, God. There are so many. I threw this one many. at Harry as well. You threw it at Harry. Do you know what? I don't know. I Usually I have one that some people like things that make skin crawl like it's kind of a, for me it's kind of an image of a thing and I think I mean like I, do you know what word I don't like I just thought of it when you said about image I don't like the word tepid <laughs> yeah that's, I think just, that's a, nothing's good that's tepid, tepid. is it you know like yeah, when your mum would run a bath and you'd be like how is it and she'd be like it's just tepid isn't it <laughs> It's no like one wants to be anywhere that's tepid. And moist. A lot oh, of people moist. don't like moist. I don't, I don't mind. Mar- but tepid's just tepid is like is a not, bit. No. Yeah. Oh, I don't like the word sodden either. <laughs> See, I quite enjoy that. <laughs> I mean, it's like, said in the right context, it's hilarious. Sodden. Sodden. <laughs> My boots are sodden. My boots are sodden. I love it. Yeah. Um, so, and finally, mm-hmm. all your social media. All my social media. All your social media. You can find me on Instagram at at Titch with two H's, so T I T C double H, which is that's my nickname. Everybody calls me Titch, but obviously I couldn't go on Spotlight or Equity with the name Titch, as I was literally told by a tutor, and I was like, I know, I know, but yeah. Um, but you can find me on Instagram because you can look at my girlfriend through there. Um, yes. uh, you can find me on Twitter at Alex underscore Myrick. Uh, so Myrick's got M-E-Y-R-I-C-K. Thank you. Um, and I think that's all my social media at the moment. Twitter and Instagram are the two that I use mostly. That's a good place Twitter to start. if you want to follow me professionally. Yes. Instagram if you want to find me for just a right old shoot. Just for the fun just and the giggles and the pictures. Just for the pictures. I take a good picture. I do. I'll say yes. that about myself. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're um, working it. You are completely working Instagram yeah. machine. I am an Instagram machine. Uh, My girlfriend is even better. So if you're a butch oh, yes, lesbian yeah, yeah, yeah. and you want to follow Go another on. butch lesbian, I she changes her handle quite a lot. So currently. if you go on currently, but if you go on to my profile, T I T C double H, um, she's literally tagged on like every other photo. Thank you so much for being a marvelous. We will be back again. Mm -hmm. I hope perhaps there's going to be a full on query. Oh, that would be phenomenal. That would be great. uh, Yeah, follow Query as well, LGBT stories on Twitter. Um, And hopefully we'll be getting that up and running soon, which would be great because that's how we met. That's how we met. More to come. More to come. Cheers, my lovely. Thank you very much. Thanks, Alex Myrick. You got the name right in the end. And thank you for all, all of you all around the world for joining me. Um, I should be back with you again um, in the next two weeks. Um, and then it will be time for Christmas podcasts.
that time again. Anyway, cheers, gang. Have a wonderful week, a wonderful two weeks, and I'll speak to you very, very soon. 